one semester of law school. One semester of criminal justice. Two experts. I'm Kristen Caruso. I'm Brandi Egan. Let's go to court. On this episode, I'll talk about the Black Widow of Keller, Texas. And I'll be talking about motherhood. (laughs) Brandy, who's that you got right there? This is baby London. You guys, if you can hear a little cute snoring, that's that's London. right now, so sorry if you can hear her. She's very loud. (laughs) Much like her mother. That's right. This will be in my review. (laughs) Brandy, I'm so glad you're back. Oh my gosh, I'm so glad to be back. Aww. Looks so cute and snuggly over there. Oh my gosh. This thing was inside of me the last time I was here. (laughs) Sorry, I was about to say... Were you going to say a disgusting joke, Kristen? Yeah. Do it. could say the same thing about David. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm sorry, I don't look at him with awe in my eyes. So... So... (laughs) I asked David... (laughs) What? Well, we were getting, when I was like, oh, we're going to go, I'm going to record, I'm going to talk about, you know, my birth story and all that. Is there anything you think that I should talk about? Like, anything I should make sure I mention? He's like, well, you know, I'd probably just get straight to the birth. I'd skip, like, the how it happened. <laughs> People don't know. You don't want to scare them. No, you have quite the birth story, I ma'am. I have a birth story to share. It wasn't just whim, bam, boom. Ooh, is it bobsled? Whim, whim bam, boom. What's what's it supposed to be? I don't know. <gasps> Womp, drop, whoop. <laughs> bing, bang, boom. Yeah, bing, bang, boom. <laughs> but enough of that. <laughs> okay, before we get into the business, yeah, we need to say something. Yeah. Okay. You guys, we added a new tier on Patreon this week. Um, Three whole people asked for an ad-free tier on Patreon. And we were like, well, okay, I guess. Asking you, (laughs) Jeb. So we have a new tier on Patreon. For $10 a month, you get ad-free episodes. You also get episodes a day early not saying like necessarily tuesday morning but we'll do yeah, our yeah. best you'll get it out you know um and yeah we we had a lot of people sign up we really appreciate it oh my it. gosh we were stunned by the response yeah. i cried more than once <laughs> <laughs> no we were we were really really excited by the response we appreciate it if you sign up at that ten dollar level that's the bob moss level which puts you above the supreme above court the law. above the law but that gets you ad free episodes episodes a day early plus you get into the discord you get a monthly bonus episode Brandy, are you touching the mic? I feel like somebody's been, somebody's been sitting in my chair. <laughs> my mic was just okay, Goldilocks. Yes. <laughs> Someone also ate your porridge. I didn't hear you complaining about that. Anyway, um, is it okay if I continue? No, to, yeah. All right. Where was I? Um, you also get monthly bonus videos. You get into the Discord. You get a sticker. You get a card with our lovely autographs, and you know the occasional case update. What more do you want? What more could you want? We don't care. Don't don't ask for anything else. Hey, if three more people ask for something, <laughs> we will do it. That's right. We're like Beetlejuice. You could ask three times, and then we'll do it. <laughs> do you want to go first? No, you don't. Do the, nobody wants to hear about that right off the top. You tell your story, and oh, then I'll I'll bring up the rear. Mm. <laughs> I mean, my story is about a black widow. Yeah, 
and you think that your story is a little too heavy to no, go no, first? No, 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 no. I think that this way, people who don't give a shit about my birth story can listen to the case that they came to hear, mm-hmm. and then they can mm-hmm. stop listening, and they don't have to hear me talk if about it. If they don't want to hear about your holes. Yeah. All okay. of them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right, all right. I'll get right to it. Brandy, I have one hell of a case for you. The Black Widow. The Black Widow, baby. Mm. Do you want me to sing more no, of it? I can. I can. I <laughs> can. Please don't. Okay, so first of all, thank you to Lisa K in the Discord for suggesting this amazing case. I believe it's pronounced Lisek. <laughs> I don't think so. Um, she was even so good as to say, hey, if you're going to do this episode, you got to watch an episode of 48 Hours oh, nice. entitled Temptation in Texas. Ooh. Ooh. I am, I am tempted already. Okay, you should be. This episode of 48 Hours is amazing. Um... I highly recommend it to anyone with 42 minutes to spare. That's how long the episode is? Uh, yes. Excellent. Oh. <laughs> it's okay, London. You're going to love this story. It's a family-friendly show. <laughs> Sorry. My poison ivy. Oh, you have it on your neck? Yeah, I have it on my neck. Kristen. I know. What are you doing with your neck and the poison ivy? <laughs> I don't know how it happened. Were you army crawling through <laughs> I got it on the weirdest place. Well, not the weirdest. Like, you know, here yeah. where my sleeve went up. Yeah, like your anus would be the weirdest place. Do you know how afraid I was? So, okay, guys, let me back up. A long time ago, like back when you like first gave birth, yeah. I did a bunch of yard work. <laughs> and I noticed at the beginning of my yard work journey that like, oh, God, we've got like some poison ivy or poison something. I better yeah. be careful. Well, one day I realized, oh shit, I've like stumbled into it. Yeah. And I hadn't taken any of the precautions you're supposed to. And I was like, oh no. But then a day went by and nothing happened to me. So rather than think that, oh my gosh, I'm lucky, I thought, oh, I must be one of those people who's not (laughs) allergic to poison ivy. And so I went out the next day, balls to the wall, in shorts and a tank top. Just rolled around. I I sat in it. I shit you not, I sat in it. How did you not get it on your anus? Well, here's the deal. So, I mean, I was covered. It was awful. I was miserable and, you know, could only blame myself. But here's the thing. So, you know, it gets on you. And yeah. one of the reasons they tell you not to scratch is because then you get the oils the oil, and, you and can then move. it spreads. Yeah. Well, so it started to travel up my legs. Oh no! And I was like, I see where this yeah. thing's headed. Yeah. <laughs> I'm terrified. <laughs> Luckily, it didn't reach any critical areas. No anus was reached. Oh, Brandy, please be be classy, okay? I'm saying anus. I'm not saying butthole. Okay. Okay. I call it my no-no zone. <laughs> but anyway, I went I went out into the yard yesterday. <laughs> I went out into the yard yesterday and it was 92 degrees, but I was in long sleeves, I was in pants, I had socks over the pants. I looked really cool. You know, obviously. What? I am reminded of a can- this is a tangent on a tangent. I'm so okay. sorry. I'm reminded of a camping trip that we took once. Oh, oh, I remember. I was so embarrassed. I was so mad at my mom. You were so mad at your mom. 
<laughs> flare jeans were flare jeans were, were in very popular. Yep. And your flare jeans kept getting caught in the like in the chain of your bicycle. Right. And so your mom mm-hmm. <laughs> made you tuck them inside your socks. They looked so stupid, and I hated it. But she was like, no, you're going to ruin your jeans, and it's not safe. Ugh. Man, try to be cool. Parents just don't understand. Parents just don't understand. So uh, anyway, bottom line, I I was covered head to toe like a beekeeper out there yesterday. And yet still, somehow I... So I have some on my wrist, uh-huh. which makes sense because I think, yeah. you know, obviously the sleeves like didn't go. Gappage, yeah. But I have it on my yeah, freaking it's neck. more and more red by the moment, ma'am. Mm-hmm. You want some? Weird place for a hickey. <laughs> <laughs> right in the middle of my neck. Right on my Adam's apple. <laughs> Your Adam's apple. Don't, qu- don't <laughs> slut shame me. <laughs> That's just where Norman goes a sucking. <laughs> it's right on my oh, Anyway, should we get to the case? Yeah, you, real quick though. Can yeah, we, will you? Can we roll that chair oh, over here? Boy. And I can. Oh boy, you you want everything, don't I do. you? I'm sorry. We'll just prop her little sleeping ass in it. Look, look how good she is oh. now. Hey, will you wake her up? Because I'm going to tell this story, and yeah. I want her to hear. <laughs> you really want her her reactions? Well, yeah, I want her. You know, if she feels moved to cry, then <laughs> you know. Okay, Brandy. Yes. Today, I'd like to talk to you about a real sweet lady named Michelle Williams. Mm, but from from Destiny's Child? Don't get it twisted. <laughs> Do you know how She's hard it is? also from Texas. Do you know how hard it is to Google Michelle Williams and try to get what you're looking for? <laughs> Michelle's life, you know, kind of got off to a bit of a rocky start. When she was 17, she became pregnant with her first child. Uh-huh. And by the time she was 24, she had three children. And, okay, like I said, amazing episode of 48 Hours, but a little judgy for my taste. So the 48 Hours guy wants you to know that these three children were by two different men. Oh, no. Okay, okay. slut shaming. (laughs) (laughs) Michelle got married a couple times, but, you know, she just had bad luck. When it came to relationships, she says, in every relationship she had, she was cheated on. Hmm. Every single time. Poor, poor Michelle. Mm-hmm. You, just, you can do that thing where I feel kind of bad for her, and then it turns out she's the Black Widow, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I am like immediately like, well, that does suck. <laughs> it does suck. Yeah, yeah. It does suck. <laughs> And you don't have to feel, you know, 100% one way or the other about someone. You know, there's there's gray areas, okay. Brandy. All right. Poor, poor Michelle and her terrible luck. Except... Wait, is Michelle Williams the name of that actress with the blonde hair? Uh, that describes every actress. What are you talking about? Michelle Williams. Michelle Williams. Or is it just the Destiny's Child lady? I think it's, well, it's a pretty common name. No, yeah, it is the, it's also the Heath Ledger chick. The chick that was in. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's Michelle yeah. Williams, too. <laughs> Wait, but is is that the name of the girl from Destiny's Child, too? Well, yeah, it was okay. Michelle, Kelly, and Beyonce. I mean, I was just making sure I got my pop culture references. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> Don't question me about, you know, <laughs> Destiny's Child. I almost called it Beyonce. Beyonce. I mean, really, well, that's I mean, really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't mean to get political here. Are you ready for the counterpoint? Uh Uh-huh. 
Michelle's youngest son, Andrew, who is now an adult, says that's not exactly how his mom's relationships went down. He's like, she cheated on my dad, married some other dude, cheated on him, left him for another dude, cheated on him, left that guy for another dude. So someone was cheating in all of the relationships. (laughs) (laughs) There was some cheating going on for sure. Michelle's older son, Lee, doesn't have great things to say about his mom either. He said there were always a lot of dudes around in his childhood. Just sausage fest. It was a real sausage fest. Is that what he said on this episode of 48 Hours? You would not believe some of the things that were said (laughs) on this episode. So he says she worked in strip clubs and that he thinks she might have done some sex work, Mm. which... Okay, I'm gonna, just going to tell you, Michelle sucks, but we don't need to slut shame her. But boy, they're, they go all in. Yeah. Okay, may I tell you the transcript of this? Oh, uh, yeah. Okay, interviewer. You believe your mom, at times, was a prostitute? And Lee said, I believe there's a very good possibility that she was. If she wasn't getting paid for it, I know she was sleeping around. Ooh. Oh, I Ooh. know. I know. A lot to know about your mom. Shots fire. Yeah. Well, and it also makes you sound dumb if you weren't getting paid, paid for it. <laughs> what to believe, Brandy? Is Michelle lying? Are her sons lying? I personally am going to side with the sons because I was say what are the son- why are the sons going to lie about that? Right, and Michelle's own sister says if she's talking, she's usually lying. Oh wow. This is starting to sound like a sad story, but don't worry, because in 2007, things changed. Michelle married a guy named Greg Williams. I said his name weird. Greg Williams. (laughs) He has a long pause between his two names. His middle name is actually... It's a beautiful middle name. (laughs) Not too late to change things for London. London London Pond. Greg was a good'un. He was a computer engineer, he had his own business, and he was very successful. In fact, the dude was a millionaire. He had an $800,000 house, and to celebrate their anniversary, they both got new Mercedes. Ooh. Then, oh, you ready for this (laughs) next one? Okay, so you each get the new Mercedes. Yeah. And then he bought Michelle her very own frozen yogurt shop. What? fuck you gonna do with a whole frozen yogurt shop what do you mean it's a business i get it well what do you do with a whole fucking salon i mean come on (laughs) okay i get what you're saying wait did you think he bought her like all the yogurt and (laughs) you did didn't you (laughs) like rather than just taking her out for frozen yogurt whenever she wanted no i thought like here's your frozen yogurt shop you can get frozen yogurt anytime you want (laughs) Again, that's why you have the salon, so you can just go get your haircut anytime you want. I wish that's how it worked. I haven't had a haircut in months. Um, are you looking at me, sister? <laughs> I am proof that I'm taking this whole thing very seriously. My roots are... Uh, your roots have roots. Yeah. Oh, hey, you're supposed to be my long-term okay, friend. Have you're... you seen my roots? I got grays popping in there. Brandy. terrible. Brandy. You had the balayaged ends, which makes it look all natural. You have balayaged ends. <laughs> Does it look like I paid for this? Does this look intentional? No, it doesn't. Don't lie to me, Brandy. So like I said, 
He bought her a frozen yogurt shop, which, contrary to what you're all thinking, it actually is just buying someone a business, you know. I'm sorry. It's a business venture. I will say, though, looks-wise, they were a bit of a mismatch. Ooh. Michelle, pretty hot. She has long, dark hair. I will say the, the years have not been kind to her more recently, but, you know. At the time, long, dark hair, rockin' bod, big eyes, cheekbones as high as kites. Mm -hmm. Greg looked like an IT guy. And I don't mean that in a terrible way. I'm not saying he's unattractive, but he just looked like an IT guy. All right. All right. Was he an IT guy? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he had his own IT consulting business. Also a yogurt shop, you know. Also a yogurt shop. If you're keeping track at home. No, just, um, you know. Pale, you know, IT guy. Can he wear glasses? Um, I don't think so, no. But here's the thing. Even though this is clearly a match made in heaven, and nothing is going to go wrong in this story. Right. Not everyone was super happy for Greg and Michelle. Greg's sister, who is also named Michelle because life is complicated. That's right. And his brother Michael both thought that... What? Michelle and Michael... I mean, Kristen and Kyla. I mean, what are you... Yeah. You got something to say? No. No? (laughs) So they both thought that Michelle kind of sucked. For reasons that are not made super clear in this episode, Michelle... or I'm sorry, Michael... This is why this is confusing. (laughs) This is so confusing. Michael went along on Greg and Michelle's first date. What? I don't know if it was a group situation or what, but he was there. He witnessed the whole thing. And at one point, they were all at a club. And in this episode of 48 Hours, Michael is recounting this story, and he kind of looks off to the side, and he goes, I don't know if you can say slut on television. And the interviewer says, you just did. <laughs> and then Michael goes, well, okay, she was just doing some things in a bar to my brother that I just, I don't, and at this point. The like sis- a handy? Well, hold on. At this point, the sister, Michelle, who's sitting next to him in this interview goes, most people get a room. Uh-huh. <laughs> they also, <laughs> Brandy. Brandy, this is not a visual medium. You're going to have to give actual reactions. You can't just stand there like, ah! (laughs) They also told this super weird story about how Michelle apparently hit on her brother-in-law, Bryn, by, get this, she went up to the attic in this dude's house saying, hey, oh, I need some help up here. And when he comes to help her, whoopsies, she's wearing a skirt with no underoos underneath he saw the full vag. Oh my gosh! Just aired it out for the whole. Aired wow. it out. Well, that's disgusting. It's a power move, Brandy, <laughs> to just it? show someone your full vag. Is it? <laughs> You'll feel very powerful. I guarantee. You. I don't think I will. Tell us about that birth story. <laughs> <laughs> Felt so powerful. I uh, see. I'm terrible with names, but I watch 90 Day Fiance, and there's this one couple where the guy is very. Oh gosh, poor London. It's okay. I'm sorry, she's being so loud right now. It's okay. We're about to hear her little baby burp. (laughs) Whoa. Oh, my God. Poor girlfriend. She has so many burps, Linda. She has so much (laughs) hair. But none of this mattered. 
Because the bottom line was, Greg was smitten. Mm-hmm. Whatever Michelle was doing, it was a working. Ooh. Greg was in love, and he was pleased as punch to keep Michelle in all the trappings of the good life. Despite the haters, life was good. Michelle and Greg had a daughter together, and Greg already had another daughter from a previous marriage. So if you're keeping track, he had two children by two different women. I bet they didn't make a point of that. No, they didn't, but I'm making a point of it because they were so scandalized by Michelle. I'm just saying, someone can be bad, but we don't need to, like, slut-shame them on top of this. Yeah, no. And I'm sorry, does that even qualify as slutty to have... I uh, come don't think on, so. probably not. No. Okay, let's. We'll have to make some rules up for sluttiness. sluttiness yeah. Naturally, you'll be in charge. Okay. <laughs> ah, shame <Bazinga>. you. <laughs> I did just have a baby out of wedlock. So mm, my goodness. <laughs> Fast forward to October of 2011. They'd been married for a few years, and they were about to close on a new house. They were designing a new pool. According to Michelle, everything was awesome. Mm, Disgrag die. All right, Brandy. <laughs> <laughs> then one night, Michelle fell asleep in the living room with her daughter Michaela. And all of a sudden, something woke her up. It was maybe a bang? She wasn't sure. Mm. But at any rate, she got up and rushed to the master bedroom. But as she walked in, someone, boom, struck her in the face. What? She was knocked out cold, Brandy. Mm, was she? Uh, Brandy, don't be rude. Then, oh, oh, she came to. She got up. She went to the bed. And there was Greg. He had been shot in the head. Oh, my gosh. She called 911 in a panic and in a very high-pitched voice. So it's... Oh my God, somebody shot my husband. Did you hear this 911 call? Uh Uh-huh. Did it sound legit to you? I will just say that there are a lot of times in this episode of 48 Hours where she's trying to act like she's crying and there's no tears. There's no tear to be found. There's no tears. So that's what I'm saying to you. Yeah. Police arrived on the scene and frankly, the crime scene looked a little weird. There was no forced entry. So how did they make entry into the home? Oh, that you is the might question. ask. Yes. <laughs> Nothing was askew. The couple apparently had 20 grand in cash just chilling in the house. Obviously. Ob- obviously the intruder didn't want to take that. No. Didn't want to be a thief, just no. a murderer, yes. you know. Plus everything was like super clean. You could mm. practically smell the Clorox. Smell, smell the bleach hanging in the air, huh? And get this, Greg had been shot with his own gun. Oh, because intruders so often come, come in house. unprepared, unprepared, yes, unarmed. Yeah. Whoopsies! Oh, so glad I found your gun. Yes. Oh, there's all your money. I'd I'd hate to take any of that. I'm yes. no thief. Hate to intrude. <laughs> <laughs> and the shooter had conveniently dropped the murder weapon on the floor by the back door. You know, sometimes murderers try to dispose of the murder weapon. Occasionally. Not this time. No. This time the guy was like, mm, here you go. <laughs> it didn't make a ton of sense. But, you know, Michelle, who, of course, is also a victim, was like, yeah, it was an intruder. You know, he was a man. 
Um, he was wearing dark stuff, and he hit me on the cheek. And I mean, police did find a wrench next to the gun. Perhaps that wrench had been used to hit Michelle. Perhaps. Unfortunately, both the murder weapon and the wrench had no fingerprints on them. Um, so that kind of sucked. Damn the luck. <laughs> <laughs> But they took Michelle to the station to ask her a few questions, and initially she wasn't super helpful because, you know, she was kind of foggy, okay? Right. She couldn't remember much of anything. Did she hear the gunshot? Did she see the intruder? Uh, it's hard to say these were the questions she was asking herself. Ugh, ugh. But there had definitely been a male intruder in the house. He was the one who had done all this. Yeah. Okay, okay, Brandy. The sergeant kind of gave her the same look you're giving me. <laughs> Bit of a skeptic. Yeah. And he was like, look, the way I see it is either Greg killed himself and you tried to cover it up, or you killed him and you're trying to cover that up. Uh-huh. So which is it? Well, she's like, oh, I'm glad you mentioned that. It was definitely he killed himself. You're right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, which is obviously the <laughs> dumbest theory ever. Yes. But he's just trying to get her to admit to something really stupid. Of course. So they went around in circles for a while until finally Michelle came clean. Are you ready for the real story? I can't wait to hear the real story. Okay, okay. Greg had killed himself. And she had tried to cover it up because she couldn't let her daughter think that her daddy killed himself. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So like any good mother, she tried to cover the whole thing up. Yes. She got her Clorox wipes, which I'm very jealous. I haven't found Clorox wipes in months. Months. She cleaned up the house. She wiped off the gun. She wiped off Greg's hands, you know, so there wouldn't be any gunshot residue. Right. And put the gun out by the back door, and she smacked herself in the face with a wrench. Okay. You know, so that it would look like an intruder had come in and done the whole thing. Yeah. I probably don't need to say this, but nobody on earth believed this stupid story. So three months after Greg was murdered, Michelle was arrested. Uh Uh-huh. There was just a slight problem with the prosecution's case. They didn't have much on Michelle. According to the laws of common sense, it seemed pretty clear that Michelle had murdered Greg. Right. But alas, the police had kind of bungled the investigation. Oh, no. And by kind of, I mean big time. They really had? Okay. When they brought Greg's body out of the house, they didn't put it in a bag or, like, put one of their white sheets over it. Okay, this is is the weirdest thing. They just rolled it down the street? Like... No. Um, Ironically, that would be... Well... That would be terrible. Instead, what they did was they took this really colorful quilt that had been on the bed and just wrapped him in this quilt. So it's cross-contamination. That's so weird. Yeah, not to mention it's just freaking weird because they showed photos of these guys wheeling it out. And it's a colorful quilt. Is this the first time they've ever had to remove a body from a scene? I don't know. I don't know what goes on in Keller, Texas, if this was just, like, new stuff. But, yeah, that's what they did. So there's cross-contamination at the yin-yang, and additionally, there was very little hard evidence. There were no fingerprints 
no gunshot residue, because by her own admission, Michelle had cleaned up the crime scene. In other words, the prosecution had a circumstantial case. Which, okay. The prosecutor... Okay, I'm going to keep talking and then we'll (laughs) So Prosecutor Jack Strickland offered Michelle an insanely way too generous plea deal, in my opinion. What's the deal? He said, don't worry about murder. If you just plead guilty to tampering with evidence... And plead guilty to a uniquely Texas charge, which is just called deadly conduct, which means that you were irresponsible with a weapon, then we'll all go home happy. So that plea deal came with a maximum sentence of 20 years and a minimum sentence of two and a half years. Holy shit. Personal opinion. I don't think it's that this case was really that weak. Mm-hmm. I think he was just being a little lazy. Yeah. I think it seems pretty... I mean, we'll we'll see more in the future here, uh-huh. but like, I think it's very obvious she did it. Yeah. Obviously, Michelle was like, hell yeah, I'll take that deal. Of course. Fingers crossed for the minimum sentence. Yeah. In the meantime, amidst the investigation and all the legal hullabaloo... You'll be pleased to learn that Michelle found love again. Oh, good. Her new boyfriend, whose name is Jean, is also her personal trainer. Mm. And he thinks... A personal trainer named Jean? What? What? (laughs) What's wrong with that? That's your problem? I don't think there's any personal trainers out there named Jean. There's one. (laughs) What should a personal trainer be named? Like Chad. (laughs) Okay, yeah, that is a better name. Anyway, Brandy, he thinks she's super duper innocent. Of course he does. Jean is also the former best friend of Michelle's son, Lee. Oh. Oh. It's a sweet story, really. I don't think it is. Apparently, Lee Lee and Jean were at Michelle's house, and Jean came up to Lee and said, I just want to come up like a man because you're my friend and let you know that I'm probably going to sleep with your mom tonight. Oh, my God! What? He was just trying to, you know, be a friend. Be a friend. Just, and just a come man. to you like a man. Coming to you like a man with my dong. <laughs> I'm just a man with my dong in my hand asking for your permission to bone to bang your mom. Your mom. <laughs> You're not going to believe this, but Lee didn't take it real well. I bet he didn't. <laughs> and their long term friendship was a jerk. Oh, no. But hey, great news. Great news. You ready for this? Yeah. Michelle and Jean started a business together. They started a kettlebell fitness studio in Bedford. And they do a lot of online promotions, except in all the promos, Michelle goes by the name Shelly. Gee, I don't know why. Yeah. Which, I mean, if you had to pick a name. Shelly? You're not going to pick Shelly? I wouldn't pick Shelly. It's short for Michelle. Yeah, I know, but Bob is short for Robert, and I wouldn't go by that. <laughs> I'm sorry, there are probably a lot of Shelleys who are yeah. pissed at me right now. Your family calls you Shell. Yeah, I'm not saying it's a great name. It's, uh, listen, my last name is Pitts. I I would still say that's not a name you would choose. Are you struggling with the concept here, ma'am? <laughs> Like, Shelly's not that bad, is it? If you had to choose of all the names in the world. All the chin choice in all the world. 
By the way, I... She's not choosing from all of the names in the world, though. She's choosing of a shortened version of her own name. I guess, but I mean, <laughs> still. Like, my name's Brandy. If I wanted to come up with a shortened version of it, I got, like, two choices. Yeah, but why does it have to be a shortened version? Why not go with a whole new name? You murdered someone. I mean, like, that's that's where you're going to be like, oh, that'd be unethical okay, if I called the, myself that Tiffany. That is the argument. Not that Shelly is a bad name, because you have limited options when you're trying to come up with a nickname based off of your actual name. And I'm saying she shouldn't have done a nickname <laughs> off of her actual name. She should have just, like, got, you know, start from scratch. All of a sudden, she's Brenda. Okay. Why not? Why not? <laughs> You think this woman is tethered to ethics or morals? <laughs> I'm going to say that obviously she chose Shelly because it is a version of her name. Okay. Shell. Wow. The look you're giving me. So judgmental. I can understand that you and Shelly are together on this whole thing. By the way, I'm going to be a little rude here. Um, so obviously I did some Googling Aside from watching this wonderful episode of 48 Hours, and someone, one of these articles refers to Gene as a bodybuilder and personal. uh, If he is, he's not doing a great job of any competition. (laughs) (laughs) So, anyway, um, you know, they've got this business together. It's going great. She's going by the name Shelly, which, you know, is Brandy, a shortened version of her own name. I'm not saying it's not. I'm just saying it's a bad choice. Come up with something new. Come on. Michelle and her new. I feel like, okay. What? What? If I'm like, Kristen, I would now. From here forth, like you to call me Andy. That's my new name. I'm mm-hmm. going by Andy. Mm-hmm. And you're like, that's a terrible name. Why don't you just go by Giselle? <laughs> it's because I tried to pick a name that is a version of my name. This is, you, mm, <laughs> you are so wrong. You couldn't be more wrong. What? It, this is not the same. This is not the same. <laughs> the let, same. Let, here's, here's what it's like. Okay. Okay. If I murder Norman, and everyone knows I murdered Norman, but I'm like, I'm totally innocent. But then, to make money, I come up with a business, and I obviously can't go by my real name, because people know me as the murderer of the gaming historian. I wouldn't go by Chris, you know? I would just pick something totally different. That would be hilarious if you became known as the murderer of the gay historian. <laughs> if you don't like being known as the gay historian's <laughs> wife, like nobody even bothers to learn your name. You're just the murderer of the gay historian. <laughs> that would suck. <laughs> yeah, for those of you who are new here. <laughs> It really doesn't happen that much anymore with the podcast. Yes. But man, when I was editing scripts for Norman and working on other stuff and like when I had my PR job, people would call me the gaming historian's (laughs) wife. And I was like, oh, thank you, sir. But I also have my own brain. (laughs) Hated it. Hated it. So Michelle, a.k.a. Shelly, and her new boyfriend, Gene, who's not a bodybuilder but is a personal trainer, Found out, oh my gosh, great news. Prepare to be excited. We're pregnant. Pregnant with twins. Oh, God. <laughs> you don't approve? 
be, I, I would be very overwhelmed. <laughs> yeah. That's what I was putting out there. But they were thrilled. Okay. How great. And here's the cool thing. You know, Michelle had pled guilty. She'd taken this plea deal. So they were just waiting on the sentencing. But the judge in her case had a heart of gold, no. in my opinion. And Michelle's defense attorney explained to the judge that Michelle was pregnant with twins and asked the judge, hey, could we delay sentencing until after Michelle gives birth? Mm-hmm. And the judge was like, yeah, sure, that's fine. And the prosecutor was fine with it, too. Everyone's being super reasonable. I guess. Well, you know, she's going to serve some jail time anyway. I imagine another consideration is the state doesn't have to pay for it if you give birth on your own time. But if you're in prison and you give birth, I imagine the state pays. I don't know. I don't know if that was a consideration, but maybe it was. Anyway, bottom line, they're like, sure. It was at this moment, between the time when she accepted the plea deal and the time when she would go into court for her sentencing, that she did an interview with the media. She went on an episode of 48 Hours. Oh! (laughs) The episode you watched? Um, This one was kind of the follow-up. Okay, okay. So in that episode, the interviewer gives her a stern look, Brandy. And Michelle is sitting there, glassy-eyed, wearing an extraordinarily unattractive yellow jail jumpsuit. Uh Uh-huh. And the interviewer says... Did you murder your husband, Greg? And she says, No, No, I did not. (laughs) And then, frankly, in my opinion, she tells a very interesting story. (laughs) What's the story? She tells Wishbone. (laughs) (laughs) She tells 48. Hey, don't call me Wishbone. I've got a new name. It's Shelly. Prefer to go by that. She tells 48 Hours, oh, just kidding about that whole I wiped down a suicide story. It was an intruder who came in and murdered Greg and hit me in the face with that wrench. Yep, that's what really happened. Okay. What, Brandy? Then why'd she tell the suicide story? You know, well, she's... She decided it wasn't worth it to go for the trial. You know, that's too risky. So she takes the plea deal. But the real story is that she's not guilty because the intruder did it. Uh Uh-huh. Don't make that. How dare you make that face? I often take responsibility for crimes I didn't commit. Okay, actually, though, you're making that face. But for real, if I felt like the state had me on something that I didn't do. Uh-huh. And, like, if I felt like a jury might really put me away for life. that good. Yeah, if the plea deal was that good, I might just say, you know what? I don't believe that's what actually happened here. Yeah. But, okay. for real, I think people take plea deals all the time. Oh, I do too. Okay. All right. All not, right. If they, not if they legitimately had no involvement in the crime, though. You think they would take a plea that's deal? That's exactly what I'm saying, is if I... If I felt like the state had me for a crime I did not do, uh-huh. but they had enough on me that I was like, you know what? A jury might find me guilty. I might go away for life. Maybe I should take the plea deal instead. Hmm. I guess. I guess it's possible. It definitely happens all the time. What are you talking about? Is it possible? No, I, I'm. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it happens all the time. I'm thinking personally, would I okay. do it? Okay. You'd be in prison for life. I'd have to take London <laughs> up there to visit you. Be like, I told your mom to take the plea I deal. I told her to take the plea deal, London. She was like, yeah, when I came to, I saw the murderer leave through the front door, which they kind of 
they showed the house uh-huh. in this episode of 48 Hours. And I honestly, unless I'm missing something, I do not understand how she could have been passed out and then come to and see the guy leave through the front door. I just don't understand how that the could have... The angles don't make sense? Not at all. It doesn't add up. Um, here's why, Kristen. Because Shelly's full of shit? Because Shelly is lying. <laughs> <laughs> Hot take. Shelly's <laughs> lying. <laughs> and you know, I think I know how this whole thing went down. You ready for this? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think the intruder came into our house. <laughs> no, so she says, I think the intruder came into the house with a gun. Uh oh. London doesn't like bullshit. Got a real low tolerance. Went into the master bedroom. And Greg woke up, and Greg reached for his gun, which was in the nightstand. And the intruder, you know, rather than fire his own weapon, was like, I must have all the weapons. And so he grabbed Greg's gun out of his hand and shot Greg with his own gun. Obviously not, he was ambidextrous, clearly. obviously. And, um... Who knows who the murderer might be, but I think it might have been one of Greg's relatives. I think it's Michelle. (laughs) No. No, Michelle says no. Okay, but for real, is that not the dumbest story you've ever heard? That's so dumb. (laughs) Can you imagine? (laughs) That's how most gunfights went. I've got a gun and you've got a gun, and rather than fire, I'm going to try to take your gun away from you and shoot you with it. No. We get into a lot of gunfights, so we know how this goes. So many gunfights. We are constantly having (laughs) gunfights. So here's the deal. As with any Dateline or 2020 or 48 Hours interview, when they're interviewing someone who is in jail or prison, there are obviously deputies there kind of standing Mm -hmm. around. Well, so these deputies listened to this hot load of bullshit, (laughs) and they were like, whoa, wait till the judge hears about this. So they told the judge who was supposed to do her sentencing And he was pissed. He called her into court and he's like, what's the deal? Are you guilty or are you not guilty? You said you were guilty, but now all of a sudden I hear you're telling people you're not. And she's like, I'm not guilty. Oh, no. Were there tears? There were never tears. No tears. This judge had had it up to here, Brandy. Oh, how high is your hand right now? Very high. (laughs) Could touch this guy. (laughs) And the judge turns to her and he says, Lady Justice may be blind, but she's neither death. I'm sorry, she's ne- <laughs> I think you mean death. <laughs> but she's neither deaf nor stupid. If you're innocent, have a trial. Let the chips fall where they may. Can he point a gun at her? Yeah, it's Texas. They all had guns. And she's like, I know how this goes. So she takes his gun away and shoots him with it. And then she's like, an intruder did it. (laughs) In other words, plea deal revoked. Wow, she got her plea deal revoked by running her mouth on 48 hours. How dumb is she? What an idiot. The prosecutor, I think, gave her a hell of a deal. (laughs) Yeah. Partially out of laziness, I suspect. Maybe not. Maybe that's not fair. Anyway, she had a hell of a deal, and she was too stupid to just keep her mouth shut. What an idiot. Mm Mm-hmm. By the way, and there's no easy way to tell you this, because I know how happy you were for Michelle and her pregnancy with the twins. 
turns out she'd never been pregnant. She's a fake pregnancy. <laughs> it had all been a lie. <laughs> oh, no. According to Michelle's sister, this is just what she does. She's like, yeah, Michelle makes pregnancies up all the time. What? She's always, it's her thing. She's, oh, we're shocked when a baby actually comes <laughs> yeah. out of her. <laughs> like, holy crap. Seven months later, in September of 2014, three years after Greg's death, Michelle's trial began. And it was wild. Prosecu- yeah, it sounds like the judge had a gun. <laughs> <laughs> no, Michelle took it away. Oh, that's Done. right. I Are you not paying attention? I, I guess I'm not. Prosecutor Jack Strickland told the jury, she sees the killer of her husband every single day that she gets up and looks in the mirror. <laughs> oh! Every single Burn. day. So you bet your bottom dollar that she knows who killed her husband because it's her. Oh, I really like when they bring up the bottom dollar. <laughs> <laughs> He he also said that it had all been about money. Michelle shot Greg so she could get his life insurance. In the hours before his death, Greg and Michelle argued about the finances. And when Greg learned that Michelle had spent the money they'd saved for a down payment on their new house, he, boom, slapped her across the face. Oh. And then she shot him. Which I'm... I'm always amazed by these opening arguments where people can just say... Sh- yeah, I mean, they, they just say whatever the fuck. Yeah, I guess. It's not a bad theory, but it is kind of saying whatever the fuck. Yeah. But defense attorney Clay Graham was like, whoa, that doesn't make any sense at all. This was clearly a suicide. By the way, in this episode, I'm going to talk a little more about suicide. If that's not your thing, you know, no worries. We'll catch you on the flippity-flop. <laughs> catch on the flippity-flop. <laughs> This was clearly a suicide, which Michelle cleaned up. So uh, th- I just what I get what you were doing with that what? little warning there, huh. but I don't think suicide's anybody's thing, Christy. Oh, <laughs> I meant like your trigger. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like how making up pregnancies is Michelle. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, you they knew what I meant. You're right. I apologize. I'm being an asshat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> London did not approve. No. (laughs) This was clearly a suicide, which Michelle cleaned up so that it looked like an intruder had done it. Because she's a good mom. She didn't want her four-year-old to learn that her dad had died by suicide. Okay. And by the way, the money motive makes no sense. Greg made a ton of money. He had a successful business. Greg was... Well, that yogurt shop was not doing too well, I don't think. (laughs) Greg was worth more to Michelle alive than, than dead, dead oh. which I actually think is a fairly good point. Yeah, that is actually a good point. But that assumes that Michelle is smart and thinking things through, and mm, I think that's a bit of a leap. Yes. So, you know, defense is saying Greg for sure died by suicide. They said his grandmother had recently died. His brother-in-law slash best friend had recently died by suicide. Uh-huh. He was suffering from depression, and this was made even worse by the fact that he used steroids. Which... He was pretty depressed about his shrinking package, is what <laughs> that means. So I found the steroid thing in some random article. There was no follow-up, no, like... <laughs> I, I really... Do steroids make you depressed? I have no idea. Let's do some and find Let's out. Let's do it. On this month's bonus video! <laughs> Watch Chris and I do steroids! <laughs> the trial was under... What? Well, 
Okay. I was about to say the trial was underway, but clearly it's already underway because those are opening arguments. Anyway, it's a professional show. Here we go. The prosecution. <laughs> the trial was well underway by now. Yeah, yeah. Meant to say that. The prosecution called Michelle's youngest son, Andrew, to the stand. And he testified that after Greg died, his mom tried to get him to help frame Greg's ex-wife, Kathy, for the murder. Are you ready? Yeah. Here's what she told him to do. Well, here's what he says she told him to do. She wanted him to go and get a large woman's sweater and fire a gun so that the sweater would be covered in gunshot residue. Then she wanted him to break into Kathy's car, hide the sweater in there under one of the seats, and then go to a payphone and call 911 and place an anonymous tip so that police would search Kathy's car and find the sweater there. I don't think that would work. (laughs) (laughs) All ethics aside. (laughs) Then the prosecution called a medical examiner who was like, yeah, you know, this is probably not a suicide. Okay, so I'm not going to go into a ton of detail, but basically the medical examiner was like, okay, obviously when it's a suicide, the gun is going to be pretty close to your head when it's fired. Duh. Duh. But based on his examination, the gun had been fired from just a little too far away for this to plausibly be a suicide. Okay. Then Greg's mom testified that it didn't make sense for her son to commit suicide. Yes, he was tired. Yes, he worked a lot, but he was happy. He was excited about the new house. He was not depressed. Despite all those steroids he was just constantly using. Then the prosecution called a forensic accountant to the stand who was like, here's the deal, gang. The couple had money trouble. Money troubles. So here's the situation. Greg made $800,000 a year. Fuck. Yeah, amazing. So great. But as good as Greg was at making money... That's how good Shelly was at spending it. I would dare to dare say she was even better at spending it. So this expert witness was like, yeah, Greg made the money, but Michelle spent a ton of it. She was writing checks from his business account. Plus, they were constantly transferring money from his business into her little yogurt stand, which is weird because he only bought the yogurt stand so that Michelle would have unlimited unlimited yogurt. yogurt. So despite spending all the money they had coming in, okay, I've already said that, sorry. So, you know, they've got all this money coming in. Okay, wait, hold on. Shut shut up! (laughs) Shut up! It sounds like... I'm blaming your baby. I'm very distracted. (laughs) You're right, I'm sorry. Yes, yes! It's definitely London. I'm amazing at podcasting. As many episodes have already they proven. Have. Yeah, there's at least seven that you're excellent on. <laughs> we have 130 some episodes, seven quite good. So they've got all this money coming in, but in all their bank accounts, they have just $28,614. Wow. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Huh. Do they have like so? A lot of people who are are wealthy though they don't have a lot of cash assets. They have money like tied up in so, investments and stuff. So this is why I was not that troubled by it because, again, they didn't mention this part on Forty Eight Hours. But another source said the twenty grand in cash sitting around the house. Yeah. So they've obviously got that, and 
Yeah, I can't imagine too many wealthy people who have like a you ton in checking have, or savings. No, exactly. You put, it in, not, you put it into brokerage accounts. You put it into retirement accounts. Exactly, you put it into the you're yogurt not shop. Any money off of it sitting mm-hmm. in a traditional checking or savings account. But anyway, that's just what they said. And I mean, we are financial experts, so <laughs> I feel quite confident. <laughs> Practically a forensic accountant. <laughs> but the bottom line was. They could not afford to put a down payment on the house they were buying. Interestingly. <laughs> yeah, I heard your dad today said that 78000 is not even enough for a down payment oh on a house. God. So Privileged white man talking <laughs> there. Could you believe that when he said that? I was like, hold up, wait a minute. I also liked when he said he didn't have privilege growing up. <laughs> Oh, DP. Oh, the things DP says. <laughs> DP says the darndest <laughs> things. Oh, Dad, we love you. So interestingly, the defense was like, yeah, sure. And that's why Michelle tried to clean up the fact that Greg killed himself. So their thing was like, the insurance payment like wouldn't pay out for a suicide. Right. So they're like, oh, that's why she cleaned that's it up. That's why. Oh. Mm. Mm. See, they mention that in the 48 Hours thing. They don't mention that in other articles, though. At some point, the prosecution played clips from that episode of 48 Hours so they could be like, hey, jury, here's the story she told police. Here's the story she told the media. And oh, look at that. She just jumps from story to story. Yeah. The defense, God bless them, had an uphill battle. But they did their best. They called five witnesses. And they, of course, argued that Greg had died by suicide, and he did it for a number of reasons, one of them being money. They called their own forensic accountant, who testified that Greg and Michelle had been living beyond their means, and that the majority of the expenses tied to Greg's IT business were for personal uses, like child care and medical care. So both sides were arguing that this had come down to money, but they were arguing different sides of the same same coin. (laughs) That's why you listen to this podcast. (laughs) In closing arguments, the defense was like, yeah, Greg committed suicide and, you know, makes total sense because he lost his best friend to suicide. His grandmother, who he loved, had died. Greg was having a real rough time. And so then... This defense attorney, he's standing up, you know, he's doing his little closing argument, and he's like, you know, on the night that he died, he looked at his laptop, and he saw his bank statements, and he was like, oh, we can't afford this new house, and he realized that he couldn't do it anymore. At this point, a member of the prosecution stands up, and she's like, objection. She's like, the defense attorney's not a fucking mind reader. Uh, Well, she didn't say. (laughs) I bet she did. (laughs) He can't tell what Greg was well, thinking. Greg was thinking that night, yeah. <laughs> and the judge was like, sustained. Sustained, and absolutely. You should have seen the stink eye this defense attorney gave that prosecutor. Because, you know, he already had a terrible case. Yeah. And, you know, he was just, you know, doing his best in his Grasping little closing argument. In the prosecution's closing argument, Jack was like, Michelle Williams is a lying liar who lies. And she's a cold-blooded killer. The jury of seven men and five women deliberated for seven hours and they found her guilty yeah she was sentenced to 60 years in prison and she'll be eligible for parole in 30 here is an insane twist that 48 hours saved as like the cherry on top of this nutso episode greg's sister michelle 
doesn't just think that Michelle killed her brother. She also thinks that Michelle killed her husband, Bren. So you know how the defense kept being like, oh, his best friend slash brother-in-law had died by suicide. Michelle doesn't think that was a suicide. Really? Okay, so this was the brother-in-law who saw the full vag on the attic stairs or whatever. Ten months before Greg was murdered, Bren died too. By suicide? Question Question mark? Bryn worked for Greg, and he was going on a business trip in the company truck. And the way the business worked, Michelle would give him directions on where to go next. So she gave him directions, and yada, yada, yada. Bryn's truck was discovered abandoned by the side of the highway right next to this weird tower thing. And when investigators found his body, they decided that he died by suicide. But again, his wife, Michelle, doesn't believe that for a second. She thinks that evil Michelle lured him to that location and shot him in the head. Oh, my gosh. So here's the motive. Yeah, what? Yeah. Bryn and Greg were best friends. And Bryn had gotten to the point where he was sick of evil Michelle. Uh Uh-huh. He thought she was no good. He'd caught her in some really weird lies, like saying that Greg's daughter from a previous marriage was trying to poison her. You know, just like a bunch of hot bullshit. And so good Michelle thinks that Bryn was getting really close to telling Greg, like, hey, Michelle's really bad for you. Here are all the reasons why. And she thinks that scared evil Michelle, and so she killed him. Wow. But apparently... And how does this happen? (laughs) When Bryn's body was found, evil Michelle went into protection mode. So she told police, oh, you know, Bryn's wife is so upset. She's having such a tough time. Just talk to me about everything and I'll handle everything. What? And it appears that they complied. So Michelle got him cremated like immediately, like the day after Bryn was found. You know, evil Michelle comes to good Michelle with all this paperwork. And, you know, Michelle was in so much grief that she just signed whatever was in front of her. Yeah. And lo and behold, it was paperwork to get her husband cremated. Did she? So she didn't even know what she was agreeing to? Right. (gasps) Which is partly on her, right? Right, yeah, yeah. But it's the day after someone's body is found. I don't know how quickly you're supposed to make those kind of decisions, but that seems really fast. Yeah. And because this isn't frustrating enough, here's another fun fact. So, you know, now people are kind of like, all right, well, Bryn's death should be looked into. But here's the thing. He's been cremated, and police say he shot himself on the left side of the head, but he was right-handed. But the medical examiner says that he was shot between the eyes. So, like, even the officials don't have their story straight. And the bottom line, Michelle has talked to the police about her suspicions, but nothing's going to come of it. His death was ruled a suicide, and they don't have plans to reopen that case. Oh, my gosh. And that's the story of a very polite intruder who cleaned up a murder scene and got away with the whole thing. Poor Michelle. Poor Shelly. Poor Shelly. Just wanted to... Nothing's very upset about that case. I know. She thought Michelle was innocent. Michelle's not innocent, Kristen. <laughs> I'm here to tell you. I don't know. I think it's just a crime that that intruder got away with that whole thing. Hmm. What do you think? I think 
I think it was kind of crazy that she was offered a plea deal. Uh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I can't believe that they... I, I agree that I think the plea deal has to come from some kind of laziness on yeah, putting a case together, right? Yeah. I mean, totally. Hmm. 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 Brandy, I understand you've had some big changes in your life. I have. You want to talk about them? Um, first... What I'd like to talk to you about today, Kristen, is earbuds. <laughs> I totally forgot we had a sponsor. <laughs> I was like, what you want to talk to me about? Should I tell you a story about birth in this one? It was just like a slip and slide, right? Whoa, it just, just came, came right, right out. out. Really? No. No. <laughs> you know I was kidding, Brandon. <laughs> okay, set the scene. It was a Tuesday. It was a picture Tuesday. Picture it. A Tuesday. Yeah, picture it. It was a Tuesday. I went to my regular doctor's appointment, like, because I was at, you know, weekly appointments, just a mm-hmm. regular checkup, went in for the first time in my entire pregnancy, and I was 38 and a half weeks that day. Yeah. My blood pressure was elevated. I had had perfect blood pressure the entire rest of my pregnancy, and so, like, the nurse, when they check you in, the nurse takes your blood pressure, whatever, so my doctor comes in, and she's like, what's going on? And I was like, I don't know, I've never, and it wasn't high. Right. It was just slightly elevated. elevated. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, I don't know. You know, my blood pressure's been perfect this whole time. And she's like, I know. And she's like, I think we should have a baby today. Oh. And I was like, <laughs> okay. I immediately welled up with tears. Like, yeah. And I, I don't ever remember this, but like, I was like, I hope when I go to the doctor this week that they're going to tell me they're going to induce me because I'm ready for her to be here. You were so ready. I mean, first of all, you were in a lot of pain. I was in so much pain. I, this, the pelvic girdle dysfunction thing. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, so I was hoping that I would go to the doctor that day and find out that I was going to be induced that week. I, for whatever reason, was not anticipating that would happen that day. Yeah. And so, yeah, when she said that, my eyes immediately welled up with tears. And I was like, okay. (laughs) And so they sent me over to get an ultrasound to make sure that she was head down because Mm -hmm. otherwise, like, an induction is not, not possible. And so I got an ultrasound. And the really cool thing about getting that ultrasound done was that she checked to see if she had hair. And so I found oh. out right then that she had a head full of hair. Oh. And then, yeah, they, while I was back there, they called the hospital and they're like, head on over and we'll get you checked in. And we're, you're going to have this baby. And so David left work. He like came home. We ate. And then we went. What'd you have? Uh, we got tanners to go. Uh-huh. I got chicken lips, which are just chicken fingers. That's disgusting. Tanners has the best honey mustard on the planet. And you know how much I like was craving mustard the entire yes. time I was pregnant. So, <laughs> yes. yeah. So it's like, this is my last meal. I knew that I wouldn't get to eat for a while because you didn't know how long. Oh, Lord. If only I'd known. <laughs> I would have eaten like a bear heading into winter. <laughs> so we get to the hospital, we get it all checked in, we get into a room, and like we were on isolation because of COVID. Mm-hmm. We could not leave our room. We were in a negative airflow room. What does that is, even mean? It, I don't, I have no idea. Did it smell funny? It, no. So, what it ha- had this big vacuum unit in it that every now and again would kick on and like it would suck the air out of the room, I guess. Like, That's weird. So that our germy air wasn't circulating through the rest of the hospital. Wow. They need those on airplanes. So, we could not leave the room. David could, I guess, like to go down to the main part of the hospital, but he couldn't be like 
hanging out on the floor or anything like right. that. Right. Um, <laughs> just a totally normal dude just hanging, just out. hanging out, wandering the halls. Well, there's like a nourishment room, but we weren't. He wasn't allowed to go in there until okay. after. So I had to be tested for COVID immediately. Yeah. But it takes anywhere from like 24 to 72 hours for a COVID test to come back. Right. And so, okay, mm-hmm. I told you that I was nervous about the butt swab. Yeah. That turned out to be no big deal. Barely Wasn't, noticed it. Didn't think a fucking thing about the COVID test. I think they scraped my brain. Really? Oh my gosh, that thing was so far up there. And then you told me you took it and then it was no big deal. It really wasn't. That thing was so far up there, Kristen. And then she had to rotate it 10 times. Yeah. I thought I was going to die. Really? Yes. I mean, yeah, it, like they really jam it up there, but I really didn't think it was that bad. Oh, I thought it was terrible. Did it hurt? Yeah. Oh. My eyes watered the entire, like I had tears running down my face. Yeah, like, my, it was so my eyes far watered. Back there. Yeah. I don't know. I would do 10 million butt swabs before I would do another <laughs> COVID test. Okay, that's a new tier on Patreon. If you want to give a butt swab to Brandy, that's $11 a month. That's not too bad. <laughs> <laughs> so that night they just like got me going like they got an IV going for fluids and then they started me on uh, like a, a cervix softener um, which is do you want to know the details on yeah, that one, what is that so they take a physical pill okay and they like a suppository they, yeah they okay. insert it up like bah, like at the back of your cervix so Ooh. they had to like Oh God! Oh, elbow deep in there to get they that. They send thing a up lemming there. up there with yeah. it in a backpack. Oh, yeah. So I did a couple rounds. Of, like they did another pill, like every I think it was like every four hours that night. Yeah. So throughout the night, they just kept doing that. And then I had they had her hooked up to a monitor the entire time. So I had like a belly monitor on, on right, the, listening to make sure that London was not in distress or anything. Right. That was fine. Not a big deal. Like the next morning, I hadn't progressed much. Mm-hmm. Um, Things were slow moving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so they decided to start me on Pitocin mm-hmm. to try and uh, advance my labor and everything. And so contractions started. That was all good. They decided they wanted to insert a balloon to manually dilate my cervix. So they sent in a clown, which they was terrifying. They to do a balloon animal. No, this o- this old man OB came in. What? Yeah, no. Like, it's just some, I mean, because I, it's whoever's on call. Well, yeah, obviously. He comes in. He, I swear to you, had both hands up there <laughs> trying to get this thing. I was, it was so painful. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I just, I'm, there's something about the back of your cervix. I'm just not able to get this. Oh, God. Get this all the way in there. Ugh. He's like, what? And I was like, they have me laying flat, and I'm like holding onto the bed, like for dear life, it hurts yeah. so bad. Yeah. Oh no. And he's like, I think we better wait and do this after you've had an epidural. Uh-huh. He's like, because you're getting an epidural, right? And I was like, yes, I'm getting an epidural. Yeah. He's like, okay, let's let's get your epidural, and then we'll and then we'll do that. Yeah. And so they asked me if I was ready, and I was really nervous to get the epidural because I, to me, it seemed like I had a lot of labor left to go, and that we right. were getting it very early. Because there's kind of a, it's a time well, frame, and, Well, right? and that was my question. Like, is it too early to get it? If I get this now and then, you know, labor is still hours, like uh, delivery is still hours yeah. away. Like, am I, it, will I still be okay by yeah. then? And they're like, of course, we'll keep the epidural medicine running through it the whole time. We'll boost you. Like, there's, yeah. there's no expiration time on your epidural. Right. Okay. Which 
was a lie. <laughs> the lie detector determined that, that was, was a lie. lie. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, great. Well, I'll get the epidural. So they bring in the, which I was super nervous about the epidural. Yeah. I thought it would be very painful, but then worth it in the end. Ultimately, it was no big deal at all. Like it was, it was like a butthole swab. It was so easy. Needles don't bother me. So I think like yeah, the only thing I felt was the first numbing shot, and that was no big deal. And yeah. So yeah, got the epidural. Woo, feeling great. Uh huh. Yeah, that was like Wednesday afternoon that I got the epidural. <laughs> feeling great. They decide they're going to come back and try and place the balloon again because okay. I've they've cranked my pitocin up. I'm getting like massive doses of pitocin. And my body's not doing much as far as responding. I'm I'm dilating like very very slowly. So they come in, they place the balloon. Couldn't feel anything this time. Much much better. A little okay. bit of pressure, but yeah. that's it. No no pain. Great. Got the balloon placed. They're like, yeah, just hang out. So I, it was great. I was watching the game show network. <laughs> Living the dream. I was. I was. You know. I was having regular contractions, couldn't feel them at all. Uh-huh. My legs were all tingly. It was a very fun feeling. Like, I turned my bed into a chair and, like, was doing this, like, a, what I would equate the position to was, like, a catcher at a, like, yeah, a, yeah, yeah. I was, like, crouched and doing this, like, bouncy thing to try, uh-huh. and, you know, get gravity to help this baby come down uh-huh. more. Everything was great. They, you know, checked me, like, every every few hours just to see how he's progressing. In the meantime, I'm getting a million text messages from everybody. They're like, is it time yet? Is she here yet? Are you pushing yet? Sorry about that. No, no, no. It was, it's okay. No. And, but there was something about, and this is so silly, that there was something about me having to tell people like, nope, we haven't moved before. I felt like, okay, I'm not doing something right. Like, well, and I was disappointed in you. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like I, I got to like a six and then like stalled out. Like, nothing happened. Hours went by. Nothing happened. Yeah. They pulled out the balloon, um, which was great. Overnight, progressed like none at all. My doctor came in the next morning. My my actual doctor. And she's yeah. like, why are you still here? Why haven't you had this baby yet? Because she had told me when she sent me to get induced that I would probably have my baby the next day, which meant she wouldn't be delivering it. Right. But that she would see me on Thursday when she got there. To check on me. I do want to jump in real quick. Yeah. The reason she wanted you to have birth. Yeah. Or to have, to give birth. Yeah. Was because of the blood pressure dropping, which is associated with your Graves disease. Why that could be Correct. A bad so there day. were some okay. risks to both me and the baby with my blood, with my blood pressure being. So, so the risk was that, not that anything was wrong at that moment. Right. But it, that it meant that something could go wrong quickly and it was safer to get, for me, to have the baby then keep her in there longer. Yeah, I'm just wanting you to say that because I feel like people without that piece, yeah, piece of yeah. information will be like, your doctor was crazy. For no, no, no. Yeah. I think my doctor made absolutely the right decision because I was safe and London was safe at that point and it didn't do, she didn't need t- any more time in there and yeah. so it was better to, yeah, to start the process, get her out before something went wrong. Yeah. So that mor- that Thursday morning, my doctor comes in and she's like, what are you still doing here? And I was like, I don't know. And like, I had had like a meltdown the night before because I felt yeah. like a failure. Like I was just like, my nurse came in and I was just like crying and David was like sleeping on this little uncomfortable bed thing. Uh-huh. And she's like, what's going on? And I was like, I don't know. I'm just so anxious. Nothing's happening. Like I feel yeah. horrible. 
and whatever. Well, and you couldn't eat or drink. No, I, I mean, couldn't have anything. On. I couldn't have anything. So by that point, it had been like a, a whole day of, a day and a half really, of not eating anything. And so I got very hungry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I knew that I couldn't eat anything. And so well, anyway, my doctor's like, okay, I'm going to go ahead and break your water at this point, And that should start like the process really right. going. Right. Cool. Excellent. So she goes in, she breaks my water, and she's like, huh, that's super weird. What? And I was like, that's not what you want to hear when no. your doctor's elbow deep inside of you. <laughs> and she's like, well, you're dilated to a six in the front of your cervix. The back of your cervix is not dilated at all. Oh. And so she manually, <laughs> like stretched the back no! to me at this point my um epidural had started to feel weird like i could feel pain on half my body mm-hmm. and so they called the anesthesiologist back in and he checked it and he was like he adjusted it and he's like yeah something feels weird about your epidural i adjusted it i'm gonna boost it right now so he gave me like a direct shot into the epidural mm-hmm. line and he's like this should help but let them know in a couple of hours if you're not getting relief. Okay. And I was like, okay. But it felt good. Like, it okay. felt normal. Hours go by. Still, like, nothing's happening. They At this point, they think that my body is responding negatively to the amount of Pitocin that they're giving me. Yeah. And so they turn the p- Pitocin down and then work me back up. And so I'm like laying in this bed with this peanut ball between my legs like trying peanut to, ball peanut ball is like an exercise ball that has a big dip in the middle oh, it cool. looks like a peanut that sounds amazing yeah and so i'm like laying on my side with this peanut ball behind between my legs uh-huh and that's like you just lay there like that and it's supposed to help because she she had come down like to the birth canal at that point but hadn't like entered it yeah yet. and so they're like this will help progress so the baby comes the rest of the way yeah. down cool great it didn't it 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 helped some but i i basically stopped progressing yeah um hours went by i started feeling the worst pain of my life and i kept telling them like i think there i like i'm in a lot of pain here yeah and david would come and he would like david was amazing he was by my side the entire time like holding my hand i had the best nurses like they were all amazing but I was like, I kept telling them, I'm like, I'm in a lot of pain. And this is like Thursday evening at yeah. this point. London. I was like, I'm in a lot of pain. And they're like, is it pain or is it pressure? Because as she moves down into the birthing position, it is normal to feel a lot of pressure. Well, I've never had a fucking baby before. And so I was like, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, what's the difference? Yeah. I don't know. I imagine there is pain as she moves down the birth canal. Yes. You know, come on. And so it came to the point like where I was having super strong contractions, very close together. Mm-hmm. Until this point, my contractions had not been what they called effective contractions. Like they were rude, strong, but not close enough together to actually be moving her. And so, okay, now they were close enough together and strong enough that they were that they were what needed to happen. And so, 
it was the worst pain I've ever felt in my life. Oh. I couldn't do, like, I, I laid down completely flat in the bed. I made my my bed back into a chair. Like, I was trying to get in any position possible. They kept telling me to lay back down on my side and get the peanut ball back. Like, yeah, it was terrible. They kept checking me. Uh, it was a seven. And then, like, an hour later, uh, to the seven and a half. And, like... <laughs> Oh, my gosh. But they kept telling me, like, she's going to be here before midnight. You're, you're going to have a baby before midnight. She's yeah. going to be here today. And I was like, okay, great. If I know that there's, like, an end in sight, I can continue doing this. Yeah. Finally, it was, like, 11 o'clock that night. I mean, I was just, like, I had just been crying for hours because the pain was so bad. And I felt like nothing was happening. And, like. I was just going through all of these contractions for what seemed like nothing. And finally, my nurse checked me and she's like, you are ready. She's there. We're ready to do this. So they like in like three seconds time, get the room like transformed into a delivery room. Like a yeah. light comes down from the ceiling. All of these people appeared out of nowhere. My doc, the the doctor who was on call came in and she's like, are you are you ready to do this? And I was like, I'm I'm ready. And she's like, where's your pain? And I was like, it's, it's terrible. I started vomiting like oh i hadn't eaten you had nothing in three you. days by that point i was throwing up like they have these bags for you to puke yeah. into i was throwing up bag after bag of oh. fluid oh. like the pain was so bad by that point i had my chair my bed turned into a chair and i was like so leaned forward that david had his hand like on my shoulder and he's like i need you to sit back yeah. I was like, I can't sit back. This is the only position that I can sit in right now. And he's like, you are going to fall out of this bed. You're going to fall onto the floor. Yeah. Oh. And I was like, I'm not going to fall. This is the only position that I can sit in. Like, this is the only thing I can stand to be in. I am in yeah. so much pain. And so my doctor was like, okay, let's get ready to push. Let me check you. And so she checked me. Mm-hmm. And London's head was stuck. Mm. And she was like, we can't push right now. And I was like, I have to push. Like, there's yeah, so much yeah. pressure. She's like, you can't push her. She is stuck. She's like, I'm going to try and free her. Oh, God. And so she got her, like, finger in there and was, like, trying to run her finger all the way around London's head. Mm-hmm. And she was like, I can't do it. I can't get her head free. Here are your options. Oh, God. We can get you back on the peanut ball. We can get you to lay back. We can continue to try and, you know, labor for a while longer. My fear here, though, is that your measurements have been wrong on your ultrasounds. Because they thought that London would be a small baby. It's a very common side effect of Graves' disease to have a pretty small baby. Um, It was why I was monitored so, why she was monitored so closely during my pregnancy. I had an ultrasound every four weeks to measure her growth. She's like, my fear is that their measurements have been wrong and that you have a large baby in there. Um, you mean monster baby. Yes. And I was like, I'm flashing to me. Yes. Right? Yes. yes. Like, I was a huge baby. Yeah. And she's like, we can continue to let you labor. I think if you do that, though, you will have hours of pushing and it may not even be possible to get her out. And at this point, you've been in labor for how long? Um, 52 hours. <laughs> yeah, 52 hours. Cool. Um, and she's like, or I can roll you back right now and we can have a C-section and we'll have her out of you in 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. I looked at David and I was like, I can't do this anymore. No, no. And my nurse was like, okay, like, do you want to do the C-section? Just we need to tell you the risks and i was like i don't yeah i don't even care like the, i mean the thing is like you had 
you didn't want a C-section no. going into this. But at this yes. point, yeah, it's like whatever needs to Whatever happen. needs to happen to get her. My fear at this point was that she had been in act like I had been in active labor with her for so long yeah. that surely that had to be stressful for her. Yeah. Like they had monitored her the whole time and they assured me that she was fine, but that was super stressful to me that she had been, you know, in distress potentially for uh-huh. this extended amount of time. And right. so getting her out was like the most important thing at that time. And so I told them I that we should do the C section and my doctor was like, Yeah. Yeah. Let's do the C section. And so they rolled me back. And they set me up, like, they got me up on the operating table to insert the, to do a spinal block into my existing epidural. Uh Uh-huh. And they discovered that my epidural was Mm. not working. It had not been working for probably, like, the last six hours of labor. Oh, my God. So all of that horrible pain oh that I had been God. in when they were like, well, is it pain or is or it pressure? pressure? <laughs> it was pain. It, I was completely unmedicated. Are you just in a bad yeah. mood? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, the last like six hours of my super intense labor had been completely unmedicated. My epidural had failed. Um and you so, just had to have it both ways. Didn't that's you? right. There's judgment about women taking the epidural. There's judgment about not taking it. So you did I both. I just did both. I had to do both. So they um, they pulled the epidural and they had to replace one so mm-hmm. that I could get the get the C-section. Yeah. And so yeah. So I had two epidurals done <laughs> essentially. But at that point, I was I was in so much pain. I was so ready to get her out. Like yeah. I was vomiting in the operating room. Oh. But my nurse was holding a bucket in front of my face oh while they were getting God. David like dressed in like the gown and stuff so that he could be in there. Yeah. Like a sequenced one? Or yeah, like, yeah, like, absolutely. <laughs> Sorry. Matching gloves, yeah. <laughs> it's a big deal. You it want is. to be dressed right. Yeah. It is. Um, but yeah, so once they once they got the new epidural placed and they gave me the spinal, it was like, oh. oh. Yeah, I, they had me lay down on the operating table and I was in and out. Like, oh, well, I, yeah. I was so drugged up at that point that I, I just kept like, falling asleep and like waking back up and well, i'm sure you were so exhausted oh by my that gosh point. i was so tired by that point yes but yeah so at on june 19th mm-hmm. at 103 a.m they pulled little london out and she's here and perfect she's so beautiful she weighed six pounds 14 ounces um she was 18 and a half inches long and her head circumference was 13 and a half inches. So she was small, but she had a giant head. She had a big old head. Big old head. With a big old brain. I remember, um, I remember them handing David the scissors to cut the umbilical cord. Mm-hmm. Like he was able to do that. Mm-hmm. I remember that. I remember when they pulled her uh, out, because they put like a sheet you know halfway right. through and they don't pull like so they put a clear sheet that you can see through and then they put a blocking sheet over that so you don't see anything until they want you to yeah because so you don't see the actual like them cutting me open and stuff. right oh god um and so once they pulled the sheet down and it was time that we got to like watch them pull her out i you know was kind of going in and out of being asleep and mm-hmm. being awake and i remember them pulling her out and to my like on my left shoulder the anesthesiologist was there just monitoring me yeah. making sure everything was going okay and the anesthesiologist said oh he's here he's out everything's good and i was like what he i was like did i have a fucking boy like I, it's a girl right and so i i had to like lift myself up so that yeah. i could see over yeah. the sheet and it was a girl obviously <laughs> 
And then, yeah, they took her out and David cut the cord and they brought her and they laid her on my chest and Mm -hmm. they put an oxygen mask on me at that point. So I I remember being really mad that they put the oxygen mask on me. But every time I would fall asleep, my oxygen level would drop. And so I felt like I couldn't see anything. So I kept pulling it off to try and see London. Um, Yeah, but within 45 minutes, we were back in the room. She was all cleaned up and laying on me and they were for the... This was the this was terrible for the first two hours after you have I don't know if this is just a C-section or if it's any type of birth. Okay. But for the first two hours, every 15 minutes, they come in and they express your uterus. What does that mean? They come in and they press on your uterus. No. To push it back down into place. It helps it shrink back into place and it forces (gasps) like blood and fluid out of it. Oh, God. It was horrible. So she's like, so my nurse comes in. My nurse was, this nurse that I had the night that I gave birth was amazing. She like was making sure, she was like running the operating room, making sure everybody was where they needed to be. When we got back to the room, she cried with us and she was like, I'm so happy for you guys. Your baby is beautiful. She's like, I'm so sorry. I'm so emotional. Wow. She was amazing. And I thanked her for calming me down because I'm such an anxious person. And she's like, you didn't seem anxious to me at all. You decided immediately, like the right the right decision for you when they told you, yeah, you know, keep going or have a C section. She was just, oh, she was so amazing. And so she was like, I'm really sorry. I have to keep doing this every 15 minutes. I have to press yeah. on my uterus. Um, but once once those two hours were done, but she was asking me to do that, and she was like, Okay, can you move your legs for me while I do this? And I was like, Yeah. And so I like showed her. I like lifted my legs up for her, and she's like, How are you doing that after a C section? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> She's like, yeah, most people can't move their legs at all for the like for like up to six hours oh after a C section. She's like, we're forty five minutes out. Brandy. And she's like, it's gotta be something to do with how that how your epidural went went bad. Oh. Yeah. Oh my but god. The C section was so oh my gosh. It was the best thing ever. Like the pain of being in labor for so long mm-hmm. was so intense that the recovery from a C-section was like nothing to me. Like, Isn't that so ironic? Though? Yes. Because <laughs> you had been so adamant that yeah. you did not want yeah. a C-section. That was like yeah. the one thing you didn't want. Yes. Because of the recovery. Like right, I knew right. that just meant extended, potentially extended time off work, potentially, you know, extended time where I can't, you know, get around with my baby and yeah. whatever. It hasn't been like that for me at all. Like, it has been just amazing. They gave me, like, this wound vac thing that I wore for, like, five days after. That was the best thing ever. It kept my incision, like, clean and dry. And I just had to, like, go into the office and get it removed. And it was, it was practically healed by then. They were... It was a dirt devil, right? It was a dirt... Yes. It was a... <laughs> a, a yes. A, a literal dirt devil just, just hooked up to my incision. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah, it was all worth it for this little baby. Ugh. My birth story is actually so similar to my mom's with my sister, Casey. My, really? So her first child. Yes, my mom's first baby. She was in labor for 56 hours. She did end up delivering her vaginally, but I was a C-section afterwards because of how badly her, her yeah. labor went. But yeah, here she is. And it was so worth it. I tell you what, you are a strong, tough cookie. <laughs> so every... You know, it did seem like, so that Tuesday was like, okay, Brandy might have the baby tonight. Yeah. 
maybe tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And, you know, every morning I get a text yeah. from my mom or kind of like, do we have a baby yet? <laughs> yeah. No. No. She took forever to come. But And I was so nervous the entire time that, like, okay, this is a really extended amount of time to be in labor. Like, how do we know that London's okay? And they just assured me the whole time. They're like, she looks amazing on the monitor. Like, at, at one point, once they had broken my water, mm-hmm. they moved from doing the belly monitors that I had on to, like, they attached a monitor to the top of her head. Yeah. And so, I don't know. I felt confident with that. But yeah. I was still super anxious that, you know how do I know she's okay? Yeah. But she is. She's great. She's a little cutie pie. She's chunked up a little bit. She has. She's chunked up a lot already. She looks so cute. She's the best baby, too. Like, she's already sleeping through the night. That's wild. It's crazy. I don't even sleep through the night. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't sleep through the night until, my dad says, until I was eight years old, so. Yeah, I think your parents are pissed. (laughs) Yeah, they definitely are. But yeah, she's just the perfect, perfect little baby. So <laughs> we had a run in with a lactation specialist <laughs> at the hospital, which this poor woman, I know that she was just trying to like show me what she was passionate about and make sure I was making a very like informed decision. So yeah. immediately I, I and I had talked about this on the podcast that I was yeah. willing to try breastfeeding, but it was not something that I was super interested in. And I didn't know. Um, I wasn't going to be upset if I couldn't do it and because I yeah. didn't know how feasible it was for me to do going back to work and whatever. So uh, immediately after having her, it was fine, you know, for the first day or two. And then on the second day, we went like two hours where she tried to nurse the entire time. And it was just very clear that she was not getting what right. she needed. Right. And so I called my nurse in and I was like, I'm can can you please bring formula? Like, this is yeah. too stressful for me. I'm such a visual person that not being able to see, like, what she was getting and making sure that she had, was getting enough, like, it just wasn't working for me. Right. And so my nurse was like, absolutely, yep, I'll bring you in formula. And it was as if the word formula just, like, <laughs> echoed through the halls of the hospital. And there, within, like, two minutes, was a lactation specialist at my door. Uh-huh. Barb. Her name was not Barb. Her name was Barb. Oh, really? Her name was Barb. In comes Barb. Hey, how's the breastfeeding going? And I said, it's not. (laughs) And she said, oh, what? And I was like, yep, I've just decided that I'm switching to formula. And she said, really? And I said, "Mm mm-hmm, yeah, I'm just, it's not for me. Mm -hmm. It's not for me. And she was like, well, oh, gosh, you know. I, it seems like you're frustrated right now, and I'd really hate for you to be making that decision out of frustration. Yeah. And I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and she was like, maybe, you know, maybe it'd be a good idea to just, you know, take a little break, get up, walk some laps around the hospital, and really think this over. Walk some laps? Yes. <laughs> Well, and I was like, I should have fucking C-section yesterday, Barb. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I'm feeling good about my decision. Thank you, Barb. And she yeah. was like, well, I just worry, you know, there's, I worry about postpartum depression setting in, you know, if you decide not to breastfeed. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I was like, I, I appreciate, you know, what you're trying to do here, Barb. 
I'm really feeling pretty good about my decision. (laughs) But, okay, question. Yes. Do you regret making the wrong decision? (laughs) (laughs) And she was so, Bart was like, okay, all right. Well, you know what? You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go get you a pump. I was like, I'm not, I'm really not interested in a pump. I'm I'm just not. I'm I'm really feeling I'm feeling pretty strongly about this. And she's like, "Okay. Okay. All right." So Barb disappears. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. In the meantime, I have fed London like a quarter of a bottle of formula and she is loving her life and happy. Did Barb smack the bottle happy, up? <laughs> happy as a clam to finally have gotten some actual food. Yeah. And so She's sleeping peacefully. I no longer have a brand new baby just attached to me. Things Mm. are good. This was Saturday. And my doctor had asked me, if possible, would I like to go home on Sunday? So hospital protocol would keep me there until Monday. Okay. But she said, you're doing really good. The baby's doing great. If I allowed you to, would you want to go home on Sunday? And I said, and I'm sure with COVID, they're like, get the exactly. Fuck out of and here I said, yes, can. I would love to. And she yeah. said, okay, so we're gonna work on getting everything that needs to be done for London done, and see if we can get you home on Sunday. And I was like, great. So in the meantime, between after Barb has walked in, I'm now super relaxed, feeling great, feeling a ton of relief, having yeah. switched to formula. 8,000 other people are in and out of my room trying to check out London. She has to have a hearing test. She has to have all these blood tests done, whatever. Um, My doctor comes in. The anesthesiologist comes in. Mm -hmm. I mean, Barb keeps fucking showing up. (laughs) Barb walks in with a pump. Uh Uh-huh. And she asked me if I wanted to set it up. And I said, I'm sorry, Barb. I really don't. (laughs) Thank you for bringing it. I'm, I just don't, I'm, I'm good right now. And she's like, okay, okay. You know the problem? What? Barb's on the teat of big boob. (laughs) (laughs) She gets a kickback. No, she obviously was very passionate about breastfeeding. And there's a reason to be. Of course. But but yeah, um, it's the thing of your body, your choice. Exactly. exactly. And you were simply making the wrong choice. And so Barb was trying to help you out. So Barb, Barb disappears. Barb comes back again and <laughs> while there's another uh, five people in my room. Barb comes back. This time she's got a styrofoam cup full of spoons. What? Why? She wanted to show me how I could hand express some breast milk oh, and then Jesus spoon feed Christ. it to the baby. Just, no. <laughs> I was like, you can set that with the pump stuff, Barb. <laughs> she's like, okay, great. Okay, absolutely. She was very nice. Well, of course. She was very nice. Barb leaves again. Comes mm-hmm. back a couple minutes later. <laughs> Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. Yes. Barb shows up with some. I just want to leave you these handouts. This is just some information. There's a breastfeeding support group. Blah, blah, blah. Here's all this stuff. Thank you, Barb. I appreciate it very much. <laughs> I was so frustrated at that point. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I get what you're doing. I understand. I know you're just trying to make sure that I'm making the decision that I want to make and an informed decision. I've told you it over and over again. That this is what I want to do. Yeah, I disagree that she was trying to help you make the decision you wanted to Not, make. That's true. She yeah. wanted me to to, to yeah. continue to attempt to breastfeed. Yeah. It just wasn't for me. Yeah. And that's fine. Yes. It wasn't for me. And I know Barb thinks that was the wrong decision. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, Barb left and did not come back. And she erased her name off the board as she left. 
Did she take her spoons? She left her spoons. <laughs> she left her spoons. Sunday comes around uh-huh. and we're like about to get to go home. Like London's tests all came back great. Like everything yeah. was good. In walks another lactation specialist. Oh my. And she's like, I just wanted to follow up with you about how your breastfeeding was going. And I said, I've switched to formula. I'm not breastfeeding. And she said, oh, okay. And how are you feeling about that decision? I said, I feel very good about it. And she said, okay, great. Have a great day. (laughs) (laughs) And that was the end. That was the end. (laughs) Oh, we're probably going to get a lot of feedback on that. I, I, I know we will. Yeah. And I'm and, and you know what? I wanted to try breastfeeding. It just was not for me. Yeah. I feel like anything with motherhood, people have very oh, strong absolutely. opinions. Absolutely. They I do. mean, who can resist a chance to judge a woman? That's right? exactly right. Here's the deal. Yes, I am formula feeding my baby. I'm very happy with it. If you've got strong opinions about it, I respect that. But I don't want to hear that. <laughs> Brandy, whether you want to hear him or not (laughs) is just not a factor. (laughs) All right, should we move on to the Discord? David had the nerve to eat a Whopper in my room while I was not allowed to eat. And should we see if he can be charged with some sort of crime? I'm sure there's a crime there, right? Yeah. (laughs) Brandy. How do they get into this Discord? <gasps> they just have to sign up for our Patreon at patreon.com slash LGTC podcast. There's three levels there now. <laughs> I was waiting for you to say more. <laughs> There's the appellate court. Uh, at that level, you get uh, access to the Discord and a monthly bonus episode. And then there's the Supreme Court. Which you get uh, all the benefits of the appellate level, plus a sticker, a card with our autographs, and a monthly bonus video. And you get inducted on this very podcast. That's exactly right. I could tell you forgot all about it. I didn't forget at all. I was saving it for last. Mm -hmm. And then there's our brand new sparkly level. What? That's right. Just launched. Well, I mean, by the time this comes out, last week. But at this this current time. Old news now, but right now it feels pretty fresh. Pretty fresh. Bob Moss, the The Mob Boss. (laughs) That is $10 a month, and it gets you all of the previous level's benefits, plus you get ad-free episodes, and you get them a little bit early. Mm -hmm. Woo. Can't put a price tag on that. Uh, Oh, wait, you can. $10 a month. (laughs) month. (laughs) Okay. Are we doing questions from the Discord? Yeah, we're doing questions. <laughs> I think someone's confused. <laughs> Why? As Nelson asked, Kristen, please give us your birth story. I, uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I mean, well, maybe, maybe my maybe personal the birth story. story? Of when you were birth. <laughs> when you were birth. <laughs> I was born many years ago to do. <laughs> Out my mother's worm. <laughs> Ray Loves Dogs wants to know, what's your favorite part of motherhood? Oh, my gosh. I'm just looking at that little baby. Oh, Snuggling with her. She's pretty cute. She's so cute. My dad. Oh, yeah. I forgot to say. My dad texted me earlier today just to check uh-huh. on me. And um, I told him that I was here recording. And he said to make sure that I talk about how beautiful London is. Mm-hmm. She really Check. is very beautiful. Check. And then also to mention that she is the spitting image of him, which she is also is. true. She looks. OK. There was one picture you sent a while back that was just wild. How much she looked like my dad. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Which 
I mean, I look a lot like my dad, so she looks a lot like me. She looks more like your dad I than know. you do. Yes. Really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, she it's looks, not a competition, but I'm just saying. She looks so much like my dad. Yeah. <laughs> Ashley wants to know, what's one thing you wish they would have told you about labor? Yikes. Huh. You probably shouldn't have been told anything. Otherwise, you would have been like, No Bleh. kidding. No kidding. You know, it's funny. I really wasn't that concerned about the labor portion because I was like, they're going to give me drugs. I'll get through it. Like, I mean, she has to come out of me. This little girl was very stubborn and did not yeah. want to come out of me. In fact, even during the C-section. so She held on to the insides? They, so they put this. Okay, so they do the incision and then they yeah. put this ring in place, this plastic oh, ring yeah. to keep everything propped open so they can yeah. pull her out. She grabbed no. that ring and pulled it on her what? way out. She had her hand clamped around it. She was. She oh. was very happy inside there. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Was not interested in coming out. Hmm. <laughs> Ooh, Nat Likes Cats wants to know, welcome back, Brandy. Do you have any nicknames for London yet? Oh, so she hardly ever gets called London. Um, it's mostly Shelly. <laughs> we call her Little Love. That's Aww. what David and I call her. Um, that's what David called her when I was pregnant with her, and it really yeah. has just stuck. Everybody else calls her London, though. Yeah. I call her Lundy sometimes, too. I think little love is going to stick till she's I, like 35. It probably will. <laughs> Brianna wants to know, have you used the nipple cream yet? I have not um, seen my previous story about giving up <laughs> breastfeeding after one and a half days. Hey, that doesn't mean you can't lube up them nips. Those nips were... A chapped? Chapped. They were bloody. It was terrible. Did when you I have tell you cream? breastfeeding was not for me, it was not for me, Kristen. <laughs> Are you sure, hon? You want to try again? <laughs> Damn it, Barb. I bet you spoons. <laughs> oh, Schmarls Barkley wants to know, what do you think of your replacements so far on the podcast? Is there any real competition? I thought they were both excellent. Um, Norm was the, Norm oh, replaced yeah. you on the bonus Norm episode. Norm did the bonus episode. Don't forget yes. about Norm. Norm didn't do a case, is all that I meant. Like... And he did a bang-up job on that intro. (laughs) I loved his impression of me. Okay, maybe we'll put in that intro, because that intro is so funny. It's hilarious. It's ridiculous. Well, actually, if you want to hear the intro, you just have to sign up for our Patreon. Oh, man. Listen, babies are expensive, folks. i got to buy diapers, (laughs) so... Yeah, I, before we did that episode, I was like, Norm, do you want to see a copy of the intro? And he looked at me like I was an idiot. And he was like, I know your intro. Well, then we got into it. The boy was lying. <laughs> he And he did. He tried to do the intro in my voice. So <laughs> it was wonderful. Any real competition? Um, so Kyla and your dad both did cases, which I respect very much. Because it is a lot of work to put together a case yeah. for the podcast. And so for them to come in and, and do that, I thought they both did great jobs. I loved the dynamic between you and Kyla, obviously. Uh-huh. I thought it was great. We've had your dad on before, so that wasn't a surprise. Yeah, old news. No, it wasn't a surprise fest. that he would be hilarious. Like, yeah. his episode was great. But I thought Kyla did great. I thought the piece of feedback that we got on her was that she sounds Southern. I never would have thought that about her ever. It's really funny, isn't it? But we yes. got that from a lot of people, that she sounds Southern. And yes. I, I don't know. Oh, Amy Traber wants to know, how do you feel about DP permanently taking over your job as co-host? I was pretty upset to hear that. Yeah. Well, no. sorry, Brandy. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I found out that I got fired from my own podcast. Yeah, well, these things happen. 
Tiana wants to know, Kristen, are you sick of everyone asking about Brandy? Yes, yes absolutely. Yes. Do I have to have a baby just to get some attention? I'll do it. I'll do it. I will do it. I'll do it right now. <laughs> hey, I learned from Michelle Williams. You don't actually have to go through. That's Guys, right. I'm pregnant with twins right now. I'm pregnant with twins. <laughs> Mom didn't like that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Brianna also wants to know, has Norm held London yet? Twice, very awkwardly. <laughs> I wish, maybe in the bonus video we'll do an impression of Norm holding London, or we'll just have We'll just hold. make Norm hold London, and the bon- that'll be the whole bonus video. <laughs> ten minutes of Norm awkwardly holding he London. He couldn't do it for ten minutes. He would die. Should we just, <gasps> okay, bonus video idea. We just turn the camera on. We act like we're going to record something else. And we're like, hey, can you hold London while we're doing this? And it's just a timer to see <laughs> how, how long you can make hold. it. Okay, so guys, just picture Norm with a stick up his ass yeah. holding a baby. That's how he holds a baby. Yes. He's terrified the whole time. He's like just completely rigid. Yeah. And not, yeah. Tries to hold his breath, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> he's, ve- he's very worried something will go wrong. Yeah. Swanner wants to know, has Peanut met London yet? Yes. Just happened. Just happened. Tell the story. Peanut met London today. I came to the door, and I had London in her car seat carrier, and Peanut stuck her head in, gave her a good sniff, and decided she was safe. Approved. Yes. Peanut was not sure at first. No. Did a big sniff. That's right. Now we're good. Yes. Mariah Limeth wants to know, what day did you have London? Who won the bet? So we did just say it was the 19th, and I'm, I'm sorry. It's your fault, Kristen. I'm, I've never been. First of all, I'm not competitive, so I didn't care about didn't winning. Didn't care, no. But as the days dragged on, it was like, oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no, she's going to hold out till the 19th. She, and she sure did. That, so that was Kristen's guess. Uh-huh. And that's the date she was born on. <laughs> Yay me! <laughs> and my long-term friend that only had to do fifty plus hours of labor. Oh, London, baby girl. London didn't want me to win either. No one wanted nope. that. June nineteenth, Kristen won, and I've never been more pissed about it. <laughs> yeah. So on the eighteenth, like that whole day, they were like, "Oh yeah, you're for sure having her today. You're for sure having her today." Uh-huh. Like all the way up to like ten o'clock that night. Sure, they were like, "Yeah, she'll be here before midnight. She'll be here before midnight." Liars. Liars. A whole lot of one o three a.m. on June nineteenth. Oh, oh, Nerdburger wants to know how has having a baby had an effect on your trivia skills? Um, you've never been better. That's exactly right. <laughs> Killing it at trivia. We won the whole freaking thing. Which you and Kyla talked about how we were in the finals on that episode. Uh-huh. This is my big bone to pick with you. <laughs> you and Kyla mentioned it in passing. Uh-huh. We won the whole fucking thing. Who cares? Kristen. <laughs> Who cares? And then last yeah. week they yeah. needed a last minute fill-in team. Uh-huh. So we did it. We did it without Jay, who is our team leader. Jay is our team leader. He is the spirit of the team. Yes. We had to do it without him. Kyla had to be the team captain. And what'd we do on that one, Kristen? We won, Brandon. That's right. That is right. We won. Do you want to know something for real? Yeah. Okay, so we won by one point. Yeah. Which we've done many times. Because Because Casey knows how to do the strategic wager at the end. Right. Yes. And 
we have beaten the same team by one point multiple times. Yes, we have. And honestly, I feel feel bad bad for that. I feel bad about it. (laughs) Kristen. (laughs) Everybody else is like shooting off the confetti cannons. I'm feeling bad. I feel so bad that we beat the same team. That team is great. Oh, Brandy, do not condescend to them. If we had been beaten that many times by one point by another team, would you be like, oh, it's okay. We're great. We're great. We're in second place. It's fine. No, I wouldn't be satisfied with second place, but... She wouldn't either. Neither would London. Anyway, the point of this is to tell you that we're still all amazing at trivia, and Kristen couldn't care less. I've never been amazing at trivia. I'm just on an amazing team. You have gotten some very strategic questions right. Like what? Um. See? (laughs) (laughs) I rest my case. We knew the Larry Flint one because of you. Yeah, that's one, one question out of, like, Hundreds, hundreds, I tell you. Whatever. No, it's it's a great time. I have a lot of fun with it. I just wish all the teams could win. I wish everyone could win every time. I think now we should move on to some Supreme Court inductions. Oh, you do, do you? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think it would be such a such a problem for you. Well, I clearly don't have... <laughs> Are you unfamiliar with how we do this? No. So we are inducting people and we are giving their names and their favorite book still. Correct, Kristen? That's correct, still. still. Wow. Way to make it sound stale. It, no, no, no. We And we're giving their favorite book. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> Amazing. All right. London, are you ready? She's not. We better not. bust through this. Yeah. Laura Rodriguez. The coldest winter ever. Angie Amon. Untamed by Glennon Doyle. Corey Longhurst. The Harry Potter series. Molly Martin. Any Tom Clancy Isaac Bell series. Alyssa. Good in Bed by Jennifer Weiner. Tiffany Howard. A Confederacy of Dunces by John Kennedy Toole. Rachel Smith. Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. Herb Jones. In this country, we pronounce it Herb. No, it's it's the name. It's Herb. Wasp Factory by Lion Banks. I I think it's okay. So I just read a book by this guy. Uh huh. I think it's like Ian, but I'm not positive. I'll mean it. Okay, Wasp Factory by some guy Banks by Mr. Banks by Mr. Banks. (laughs) Matthew. My favorite book is No Book because I can't read. Okay? <laughs> Illiteracy is not a laughing matter, Brandy. <laughs> Benjamin J. The Stand by Stephen King. Mariah. The Harry Potter series. Jody Corvillo. Girl Interrupted. Welcome to the Supreme Court! Whew. You are not on your A-game. I am. I'm taking a breather okay. real quick. Okay. I'm collecting myself. <laughs> Thank you guys for all of your support. We appreciate it so much. It feels so good to be back. I'm glad you're back. It's a bit of a shit show trying to balance a baby. I'm so sorry. Why are you sorry? I feel bad because she made a lot of noises while we were recording. You know. (laughs) No, seriously, thank you for all of your support, guys. You make this a lot easier to do. You have made my life a lot easier in these past few weeks being able to take maternity leave, like, legit. Your guys' support on this podcast has been a huge part of that. If you're yeah, looking no, for, let's let's seriously. I yeah, mean, 
So the reason I cried yesterday when we opened up the new tier and people signed up for it, like the reason you're able to take the type of maternity leave yeah. you're able to take is because of the podcast and yeah. because of people's support for the podcast. Yeah, and it's, it's huge. We did this for a really long time for just the fun of it, yeah. but it feels really good to do it for the fun of it and for the sweet dollar bills. Yeah, dollar dollar <laughs> bills, y'all. <laughs> no, we really do appreciate you guys, and yeah. we want you to know that. Yeah, seriously, it's... um. It's amazing, and it's unbelievable how much support we get. It really yeah. is. If you're looking for other ways to support us, please find us on social... Oh, why can't I say social media? Social media. Social media. <laughs> please find us on social media. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're on Patreon. Find us all of those places. Please subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. Head on over to Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. And then be sure to join us next week. When we'll be experts on two whole new topics... Podcast adjourned. And now for a note about our process. I read a bunch of stuff, then regurgitate it all back up in my very limited vocabulary. And I copy and paste from the best sources on the web, and sometimes Wikipedia. You got your birth story from Wikipedia? I did. (laughs) (laughs) So we owe a huge thank you to the real experts. For this episode, I got my info from the Temptation in Texas episode of 48 Hours, as well as reporting from the Daily Mail and NBC DFW. I got my info from giving birth. (laughs) (laughs) For a full list of our sources, visit lgtcpodcast.com. Any errors are, of course, ours, but please don't take our word for it. Go read their stuff.